This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Hello and welcome to the Weekside Podcast. I'm Jenny Brentis here with Connor Orr. We are in the New York studio. We have a fun show planned, starting with a little different opener, which was the brainchild of Connor Orr, which I think is pretty genius. We all know this is going to be upcoming, one of the wildest free agencies we have seen. Last year was a little bit boring. This year, we've got all these brand name players hitting the market. So Connor Orr has dreamed up a great way to open the show, the mega free agent landing spot game. Oh, yeah. Wow. Man, that gets me fired up. I'm really fired up, too. This is good. This is a good. Maybe we should have a new show opener with this. <laughs> this could just get everybody in the mood for the week side podcast. Yeah. I think if you're driving in your car right now and you're all of a sudden you're awake, you know, we're keeping you going through the commute. That's Shout good. out to Bette Marston, our outgoing editor who may be listening on her drive to her new job yes. in Pennsylvania. Hi, Bet. Hi, Bet. All right. So the mega free agent landing spot game. Great idea by Connor Orr. We're going to name five of the most 
interesting free agents that are hitting the market, and we're going to say which teams we think they will end up with. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, all right. I think this is the one that I feel like I'm most interested to hear. Well, I mean, I'm very interested to hear your take on everything, but I'm very interested to hear specifically your take on Tom Brady. Let's start with the big one, right? I think that is the one that we're all waiting for. I think for maybe is it safe to say for some other teams that need a quarterback, that's going to be the first domino that needs to fall before everybody else falls into line, right? I agree. close to it, maybe? I agree, right. Yeah. So where, where do you think that Tom Brady's going? I'm just going to be boring, and I'll say back to the Patriots. I, you know, we've talked about this, and I do think there have been some signs that he might have some interest in going elsewhere, but I just don't know that anywhere else will have all of the things that he wants. I think at the end of the day, the sides will come to some agreement where he stays, they give him some of what he wants, they bring in some other players, they figure out a contract number that works, and they say, hey, let's let's do it for one more year. Yeah. I, one more year does feel like a little bit like all they can stand, probably, right? Like, I think that would be the threshold, maybe. I don't know. And do, does he come back stand. on Stand. Wow, Connor. All they can stand. <sighs> I don't know. It just feels like they're they're doing it for the kids at this point. <laughs> Staying together for the kids at this point. Um, I'm going to be, you know, and you guys listened last week when, when uh, our producer Shelby dug up all my predictions, so take this for what it's worth. Uh, I'm not very good at this, uh, but I... I think from a human perspective, maybe Tom, we've, we've said this before, maybe for, for the first time in his life, wants to be a little bit wooed. Um, we've talked about the Chargers uh, because they're opening the new stadium, and, and that's an obvious draw. They have a need at the quarterback position. They need to fill some seats. But they're not the only team that needs to put butts in a new stadium and build a new fan base. And I think they've got a coach with an addiction to veteran quarterbacks to microwave their current situation, so I'm going to say the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know. All right, spicy. Easy okay. flight. Uh, you know, it's essentially what all the big superstars in life do. You leave and you go to Las Vegas for your residency. Right. At the end of your career, he can be alongside Celine Dion and Britney Spears and um, Penn and Teller. You know, it'll be great. I think that's very Vegas. All right. On board for Brady. Number two, Philip Rivers. Um, I copped out because, uh, you know, I when you write a Philip Rivers landing spots post, what you're doing is essentially just listing all the teams that he could ever theoretically end up at. And you're like, oh, yeah, he was on the list. Um, more and more, I'm thinking Colts. I think, you know, Frank Reich was his quarterback's coach for a while in San Diego. Um, Nick Sirianni was also a quarterback's coach there, the Colts offensive coordinator. They seem to sour a little bit on Jacoby Brissett and not really commit to him at the end. That's another team that probably sees a little bit of an opening. The roster is good now, um, so maybe push their chips towards the middle of the table there. I like that pick. That would also be on my list, but I'll go with a different one and say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I actually like that one a little more. It's worth saying we've been talking all season. Oh my gosh, can they even continue with Jameis? I think we're on the same side of this, Connor, where I just, I don't think so. I don't think you can say, oh, it's better than what's out there, especially not if, hey, you have Rivers available. Now, Rivers clearly had a bumpy 2019 mm -hmm. season, but Bruce Arians has shown a history with quarterbacks later in their career, Carson Palmer. I just feel like that's a really good fit. 
it's funny too because in his book, The Quarterback Whisperer, which he wrote it seemingly when he was done with football, the whole first you know chapter was about how much he hates coaching young quarterbacks, like despises it, and you know how this miracle of Carson Palmer fell into his lap and how how much that felt like kismet, and it feels like it's sort of happening again, right? Kismet is the way you pronounce. That was it, a right? great word. Yeah, <sighs> great word choice there. Because I've been, I've been a little dicey on my pronunciation. Same, that would have been Connor. A bad one. Haven't we all? This is a, this is a, you know, a safe, safe forum Good. for all kinds of pronunciations, Connor. All right, what? This is another one. Um, Drew Brees, I think he's what 41, 42, somewhere in there. Um, had a very decorated career with the Saints. This felt like the year to do it. Um, you know, I think that they were boosted a little bit by the fact that, you know, he breaks his hand. And so he's actually fresher at the end of the year because they go on that run and they've got all this juice heading into the playoffs. And then uh, they lose that game to the Minnesota Vikings. Is that a sign for him to call it a career, do you think? Because that, that's a third option on the table is mm-hmm. retirement as well. I don't know. What, what do you think for Drew Brees? He turned 41 on January 15th, by the way. Mm. Uh, I think he ends up with the Saints for also for one more year. Interesting. I would tend to agree with that, right? I mean, it feels, and we're going to get into some of this a little bit later, Mm -hmm. it feels like the Saints are trying to kind of push everybody else out and get some draft pick compensation coming back on the other end there so they can clear the financial decks and and, and build it for one last run for Drew Brees. Because really, I mean, everybody is that kind of delusional in the NFL. I'm kind of doing air quotes around delusional. You always feel like you have one more year of opportunity with the franchise quarterback. And that's always sexier or more appealing than starting over from scratch with something that you don't really know for right, sure. Right, right, yeah. And but, Sean Payton at the end of his career, right? Not at the end of his career, but at the end of Drew Brees' career maybe feels like this is his last best shot. Right, 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 right. yeah. So we're in agreement there on Brees. Back to New Orleans. Yeah, I like that one. All right, A.J. Green. <sighs> this is a good one. So... If I'm if I'm picking Tom Brady to the Raiders, then I guess I'm just realizing that what we were talking about in production before the show is not totally accurate. But that I would feel like he would go to the Patriots, right? Ah, and that would right. be part of. And if if Tom Brady returns, that AJ Green would be a critical part of that weapons acquisition process. You know, we heard before the um, Super Bowl. I think the reports on Brady were that you know he wants thirty plus million. He wants to be paid like a big quarterback, and he wants to be treated like a big quarterback. And that means getting him receivers that we've heard of that aren't Julian Edelman, right? Yeah. Well, you know what, Connor, you're just making picks that's they each stand alone from each other, right? So, let's just say each each of your five picks is just operating in a vacuum, okay? I need to hire you to be my agent. <laughs> I I'm going to uh I, I don't love this answer, but I, I think maybe the Bengals franchise tag Green and bring him back. And let's say they are able to get Burrow. I know there's a lot of discussion if that will happen, if he will force his way and try to go somewhere else. But, it, you know, if you if you get Joe Burrow, you want to have Green there for your rookie quarterback. And I think the other thing working in your favor there is that they're going to look absolutely foolish if they didn't trade him at the deadline last year and then get nothing for him but the compensatory pick, right? right. I mean, yeah. and they probably would have netted something. more If Mohamed Sanu got, what, a second-round pick from the Falcons, A.J. Green certainly would have netted a, a higher pick than that, right? Yeah, so, you know, the Bengals are obviously notoriously penny-pinching organization, but I could see them tagging him. Yeah, I think that's, that's, good. that's a good call. All right, who's the fifth one, Connor? 
This is this one's going to be a little bit fun because I think that there's one answer that I just wanted to give, and so I put him on here for that specific reason. Um, but uh, give me your take on Jadevian Clowney. Dallas Cowboys. That is a great pick. I love that pick. When in doubt... Uh, for a high-profile free agent picking a destination, just say Jerry Jones will pay him. Yeah. And you know what I love about that pick is that that place is turning into such a financial mess that this mm-hmm. would just be like dumping gasoline on the whole thing. That was know? what I was thinking, too. Just <laughs> add another contract situation to the pile. Yeah. But this is another person, right, that is, uh, you know, I think this free agency is going to be framed in a very real, real way by desperation. And there's a lot of desperate people, I think, at the end of windows. And the Cowboys, I think, was last year. But again, people are delusional. And you keep pushing that one year down the road and thinking everything's going to be fine and it's going to be fine. I think that's a great, uh, great one. And so in that vein, I'm going to say the New York Giants and Dave Gettleman Ooh, because wow. someone needs to prove that he's right about Jenny, you got to rush the quarterback. You got to rush the quarterback and you got to protect the quarterback. And that was all he's been saying all offseason. Jadevian Clowney gets that done for you. Uh, you. You get Leonard Williams in there. You finally have some money to spend. Like Dave Gettleman says, we can shop at Tiffany's now. And Jadevian Clowney is Tiffany's kind of guy. I like that pick. That's a good one, Connor. <sighs> so we'll, we'll revisit this game show now that we've got this fun routine. Teen, fun Great rhythm theme down. music. Great theme music. Thank you, Shelby. We'll revisit this. I like it. Because it, it, it'll be interesting to see how our answers change. Uh, you know, we're going to the Combine in two weeks. Right. Um, and a lot of that talk starts happening. We can emerge with a better idea. But I like our picks right now. I'm feeling pretty good about them. I, I, I feel like, you know, we have, between the two of us, we'll maybe get two out of five, right? That's great. <laughs> it's better than the Oracle this year. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. All right, we'll move on to the rest of the show. We've got a lot of stuff planned. So starting with news topic number one. Oh, boy. Connor Connor was getting creative at the pen this week, I think. <laughs> Sometimes you wake up in the morning amid a tornado of strange that you didn't even know was percolating. That seemed to be the case for the weak side team when a flurry of discussion materialized on Taysom Hill's white-hot future as an NFL starting quarterback, as well as Hill's own proclamation that I definitely view myself as a franchise quarterback. Are we missing something here? Wow. I don't think we're missing anything. No. <laughs> this was quite a banger for Monday morning. Woo. Like, uh, like you said, out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden we woke up, you know, and, and there was what Sean Payton had said about him being the next Steve Young um, that, you know, was in everybody, the back of everybody's mind, I think, when that was all happening. But then all of a sudden this morning it was, well, you know, I would very much like to see an offense built around him and, you know, all this stuff. He didn't beat out Teddy Bridgewater for the Saints job. And we're talking about him being a legitimate number one quarterback in the NFL. And I have like two more things on this rant right now. Mm -hmm. So I think that this very much benefits Sean Payton for somebody to come and take Taysom Hill away and and to sign him away and and give them the pick in return because he's a restricted free agent. So I think that maybe that has something ah, to do. You conspiracy know. theories. Yep. <laughs> you love that. Love it. That's why, uh, that's why people listen to our podcast. That's right. And also, if he's the next Steve Young, why are you putting him down to cover kicks? Like, and have him lead with his throwing arm and try to bust up a wedge. Like, you know, if, if he's diff- if he's got Steve Young's arm. 
why are you putting that consistently in harm's way throughout the regular season? Yeah. If it's that valuable to you. Those are two excellent points based entirely in fact. I mean, it's it seems like there's been an effort to sort of recast the situation. As you said, if they knew what he was, they would have had him start when that's your opportunity, right. right? Like if you think you know what you have in Taysom Hill and your starting quarterback goes out with an injury and you have this window of time to play someone else and they chose to play Teddy Bridgewater. Now you could say maybe they didn't realize what they fully had until the playoff game where he was dominant on the field, but then that doesn't make sense. That's too small of a sample size to be basing these wild proclamations off of. Yeah. Uh, I don't... um... I mean, there's a lot of things about this that I don't understand. The one that blows my mind the most is like, you know, it's it's like drafting a quarterback in college that is playing in this transcendent scheme where every throw that he makes is open because nobody knows how to defend it. Most of Taysom Hill's throws were when he was the second quarterback on the field or, you know, and, and maybe the data doesn't back that up. Maybe that's not true. Um, but it feels like in watching the Saints games, a lot of times that he threw the ball, it was part of a play where he wasn't the only quarterback on the field. And that does something to defenses. If you're signed to be a franchise quarterback, you're going to be the only quarterback on the field. Right. It's, it's interesting because in that playoff game, we saw him like running through the Vikings defense there yes. at the end. It was very hard to bring him down. Um, but that does not equate to franchise quarterback. That equates to dangerous offensive weapon. Yeah. Does it feel like we're in crazy town, especially because the two of us, uh, you know, we're on the Jets beat and it all comes back to the 2011 Jets. But the formula, this was the same idea, signing Tim Tebow. And, mm. you know, if we get in a tough spot, we can convert to this offense and just grind out yards because no one's going to be able to bring him down. That didn't work nine years ago. It took some ingenuity and it took the Saints probably have a better collection of offensive star power than maybe any team in the NFL did last year. And it took somebody functioning within that offense with some imagination to become the player that he is. And I feel like there's no way that the return is higher than what we saw this year. Right. I think I, I agree. I, we all remember that time well. And uh, it's it, there's a big leap from a package of plays in which you catch the defense off guard and can do some really interesting things in the offense to being a franchise quarterback. What do you think, where do you think, like, does he just end up staying on the Saints? And the, Like, is this one of those things where, like, we're over here screaming like, we told you so, and he just ends up back on the Saints because there's no real interest? No in, real interest. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and it, it probably most be- valuable to them, yeah, I would say. I would think so. It's also not a year where there's a shortage of quarterback options on the market. There is a ton. Yeah, a lot going on. Speaking of which good transition into news topic number two television streaming service spokesperson and current free agent quarterback tom brady is now getting into the meat of his offseason in just two weeks the combine will likely kick up a flurry of rumors about his next destination bill belichick sitting atop his perch at lucas oil stadium with that moisture wicking lacrosse vest on will have a very uh, as every move dissected during the quarterback portion of workouts on NFL Network, Robert Kraft this week doubled down on his desire to keep Brady in New England, telling the Boston Globe, you know what I want. Um, but it doesn't seem that clarity is imminent. I don't know. What, what say you? Are we going to have this thing wrapped up by the end of the combine? I don't think so. I think yeah. this one will linger a little bit. You know, this is what? The biggest free agent since Peyton Manning? Yes. So. No doubt. 
you know. And that took time. I mean, that was like a different situation. There was like a tour, right? There were these visits to all these different places. I don't know how this one will manifest. I mean, it, it will certainly conclude with an announcement on, on a Hulu subscription channel. <laughs> that might be the only thing that we know at this point in time. Uh, maybe I'm just a little chapped still at being, you know, uh, at being taken advantage of for a guerrilla marketing. Is, is that how it works though? Like, could you announce on Hulu? Sure. Okay. Right? I don't know. I think that a lot of people are painting this as like the decision 2.0 with LeBron, but it's just so different because in my mind, there's only three places he can end up back in new England, uh, with the chargers or with, you know, a team like the Raiders, where it would have to be a coach that really wants them. The situation's right, and you really have to do some legwork in free agency to convince him that this is the place that he should go. Uh, maybe the Titans, but it, I, I would find that hard to believe. I don't know if that's like necessarily the place where he would go, but who knows? I don't know. I think that it'll be interesting, but certainly, like if you're Brady, you you take the visits, you take the tour, right? I mean, be be wooed. See what's out there, right? You're you're really big into the wooing thing. I think if you haven't been wooed. I don't know that wooing... You know, one time I remember when I was early on covering the NFL or something, and I said, uh, wow, like, what would you want on a free agent visit? You know, what would be the thing that would make you be like, wow, like, the facility's really great or the food's really great? And I remember someone looked at me and they were like, the money in the contracts, <laughs> Jenny. And I was like, you know, because I was in this fanciful world looking like, oh my gosh, what would it be like to visit all these places where everybody wants you? And then, I mean, I don't know. I, I agree. And I think that money is certainly important, right? Especially for a player that may feel that over the course of his career that he has sacrificed some of that for the greater right, good. Right, yes. And of course, it's a different conversation here because that has not always been his lodestar. Oh, Goodness, word of the show. Um, we, uh, you know what it is? And again, I'm probably projecting here, but you know, when uh, the Jets made, what was that, Donta Hightower cupcakes? Oh, I know. I was thinking about the cupcake situation. I love that. Like, I did too. I, I, yeah, would, I did too. Yeah. I would, I would fall for that in a, in a second. Maybe we're just kind of basic. <laughs> but I mean, if someone wanted to hire me and they made me like gluten-free cupcakes, I would be like, sure. Yeah, this sounds great. Well, I'm such a sucker for the moment. Maybe think about it later. Yeah. Such a sucker for the moment. You yeah. know, you go in there and well, because I feel like the, this, the only reason that this is partially true, I think, is back when there was far more of a disparity between quality of facility and really quality of life between teams. I think that was a legitimate thing, like players walking into, say, the old Raiders facility and be yeah. like, oh, good God, you know, as opposed to walking into whatever what team had a brand new facility at the time. I think some of that probably mattered at some point, but you're right. It's probably not as, as wooey as it, as it once was. Yeah. Wooable. But it would be maybe next week we'll have to think about what ways, you know, if you were the Chargers or the Raiders. Next week we'll prepare our pitch. How about Great. That? I'll take Chargers, you take Raiders. Oh, it's perfect. only appropriate that way. <laughs> Great. Now our viewer, our listeners will have something to look forward to. Call that a tease in the business. All right. News topic number three. Speaking of the Chargers, they and Phillip Rivers agreed to part ways this week, sending the most talented quarterback of the 2004 draft class <laughs> into free agency. 
Wow. Or just slid that one in there. <laughs> We've talked about his ideal fits at the beginning of the show. So here's the other side of the question. What do the Chargers do at quarterback now? So I think we've talked about this a little bit before that I think they probably wish that a year or two earlier they had used a high pick Mm -hmm. on a quarterback, but they didn't. So now they're in this situation. Um, They pick six in the draft. That's still in position probably to get a good, you maybe get Justin Herbert there. What? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's say Burrow goes one, Tua goes five, Herbert goes six. Yeah. Are you interested in that? Um, are there other options out there? I don't know. Someone the other day was like at the SI office, noticed that there was like an old link at the bottom of a story that was from the draft five years ago and was Marcus Mariota to the Chargers. And then I was like, wait, is that a current headline? Like, (laughs) what about that idea? There's lots of possibilities That is not a bad idea. I mean, that just kind of came out of the thin blue air, but you know. Lots of possibilities. Is is that weird as a side note that I've been wondering why, and I promise I'll get this back on track in a second, but why more people haven't been talking about him in free agency? Yeah, I was, you know, that made me think about it, right? Kind of a forgotten. Like a capable player who mm-hmm. just sort of, I think the scheme moved away from him a little bit in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think that there were moments when he was pretty good, you know, mm-hmm. if not great. And I think that there are like five or six teams and maybe the Chargers are one of them that are smart enough to be able to figure out how to utilize him properly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I think people don't, you know, I think people don't give Anthony Lynn and that entire offensive staff the credit for being flexible uh, forward thinking, whatever you want to call it offensively that other coaches in this league get. I think that that would be an interesting destination for a quarterback. Well, I agree. And we have covered Anthony Lynn since he was a position coach with the Jets. So I think we have a unique perspective from which to weigh in on it. But some of the dialogue has been somewhat interesting. You know, I keep hearing, would Brady want to go somewhere where there's a player's coach like Anthony Lynn? I mean, I think he is not really a player's coach. I right. mean, I think his players like him and he has good relationships with players and he was a player himself. So he understands how to connect with players. But I also think he's a disciplinarian. He's very serious. He's very smart. The other thing that I've been hearing a lot of this week is the kind of quarterback that Anthony Lynn prefers and maybe some kind of quarterback with mobility. I mean, who in the NFL in 2020 does not want a quarterback with some mobility? Every single coach wants one. And I think it's being held up against, okay, they decided to move on from Rivers, who had a difficult 2019. And so the opposite of Rivers is someone with mobility. But I feel like it's been used in a way that is kind of like, well, they've got this specific guy in mind when really they just want to start over again at the position and they want to pick somebody that they think could fit. And I think quarterbacks that they've liked in past drafts have had that. Of course, you know, Mahomes has mobility. Of course, it's Sean Watson. Those are quarterbacks in recent drafts that they could have been in a position to draft, probably considered on some level. And so I don't know. I just think some of the dialogue around the Chargers has been a little bit troubling. And like you said, I mean, you know who wanted a more mobile quarterback? Pat Shermer. You know, you know who wanted a more mobile quarterback? Probably Bill Belichick. You know, I mean, look at in that short window of time that how the Giants offense transformed when they put Daniel Jones in and they could actually run a little bit of zone read or, you know, some of the those action plays where the quarterback is a legitimate running threat when he's never been before. Mm-hmm. That's an advantage. That's something that people like when it opens up their offense. Absolutely. If you're a team in need of a quarterback this offseason, of course, you will think about Brady and Rivers because of 
their ability and the mental side of the game and the things that they bring on that level, right? But if you're looking at the other end of the spectrum, which would be starting over with a young quarterback, then mobility is what you're going to need for the next 15 years. Totally. So I just think, you know, I don't know. Just wanted to get that off my chest, Connor. I think that was a great point. Um, Number four, uh, the XFL debuted this weekend to look like uh, moderate fan excitement. Uh, I think uh, I was watching the the game at MetLife Stadium. I think there was like twenty thousand in an eighty thousand seat stadium, which sounds bad, but didn't look any worse than I think the end of like twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen for the Giants. You know, it looked moderately uh, fill. Um, what was your take on the action, uh, and specifically for you, Jenny? Does the X in XFL stand for <laughs> extremely exciting, or does it stand for especially uninteresting? <laughs> I want to go. I'm trying to think of a word that begins with X, but I can't right now. So I just want to get something else off my chest in that I am extremely baffled by the live broadcast of the play calls. I love this take. Okay. How are is the other team not listening to the broadcast and hearing the play? <laughs> what is, we were discussing this earlier in the office, Connor. You think that there's about three seconds of delay between when something is said and when it's on the broadcast feed? So that was based on um, when the Alliance of American Football was around. They tried to do a live app. Um, and the average latency between the broadcast and what was happening on the field was somewhere between like two and a half and three seconds. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking like maybe maybe that's what it is. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know how it's viable to live broadcast or with a three <laughs> second delay yeah. what play call the offense is running because it just seems like that information would be easily conveyed to the defense. I just don't know how this is viable. Now, I think it's kind of interesting to hear the play calls. You I really love it. feel like, yeah, I mean, and there's, of course, the theater of the coaches holding the play sheet in front of their mouth, despite the fact that it's being broadcast <laughs> to the entire country. Um, and I, I think it's really interesting to hear the play calls. And, you know, you could hear them break it down and say, this part means they're running a square in, or mm-hmm. this part means, you know, trip, trips on the left side of the formation. And I think that's really educational for fans. So it's a great component. I just don't know how it doesn't materially affect the game. Now, Gary Gramling, our editor of the MMQB, suggested that maybe there's some kind of agreement in place that you will not listen to the play calls (laughs) and that you won't use that information. I hate the word gentleman's agreement, but something along those lines, um, gentlemen's, ladies, whatever agreement. I don't know if that's the case because I just feel like if it's not expressly prohibited, who would abide by that? You know, two weeks from now, we're going to be watching uh, a, a, a New York Guardians game. We're going to be hearing a trash can bang from the uh, from the <laughs> from the stadium. And we're like, oh, I guess uh, they figured it out, right? Uh, this this if we bang it, it means run, or if we're you know. But here here's what I like about the play calls is that you see the very wide range of of play calling styles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you would assume that there are 32 offensive coordinators in the NFL, so the next level down is college football, and you know there's probably 60 good offensive coordinators in college football, but then after that they start to trickle into the XFL, but it's amazing to me how different some of these coaches are. I mean, they keep some of them have the concise play calling and the, and the movement and everything's going along, and some of them are like 21 personnel. The receiver on the left is going to run a hook, and the rece- like the like the play calls are forty five minutes long, and I was sitting there totally blown away. And maybe it's because it's early in the season, and you're going to be able to move things along later in the season. But it was like, wow, 
this is kind of concerning <laughs> if that person was my offensive coordinator. It's also interesting to hear the different voices, like yeah. what is clearer, what is faster, what is slower. Like, what would it be like to have the coach or the play caller reading the play into your helmet? I recently was talking to a player who plays on the defensive line, and he mentioned to me that you can actually – it's the radio in the helmet is loud enough that – you can you can't hear what they're saying, but you can hear like when the coach is talking, and that was interesting to me. I didn't you realize hear when the coach is talking to the quarterback. Yeah, like he wow. couldn't hear the words, but you could hear like the the noise. And That's interestingly, really interesting. I was the pool reporter for the 49ers, and um, Saturday at their walkthrough practice, it was a closed walkthrough, so it was it was one day when there wasn't music and. Garoppolo was wearing his helmet. He was the only player with his helmet on, which I put in the pool report. So this is all fair to repeat. <laughs> but, you know, Kyle Shanahan was reading the calls over the radio into the helmet. And from where I was in the sideline, you could hear a little bit of the crackling. Interesting. Like, again, you couldn't hear the words, but it did make me think about like how loud that must be. So this is kind of an interesting window of what it's like to hear that, like, you know, in your helmet before the snap. If I was a quarterback, I'd be so paranoid. Like the coach, like, and I'd be the worst coach. Like I'd be like, I'd be like my mom on the cell phone. Like, can you hear me over there? Jared Goff, <laughs> twins right, 31, you know, like, you're just like, shut up, God, you know, everybody's listening to you. Can you hear me <laughs> now? I mean, of course, it's worse if you're under center, too, so, yeah. you know, the, the yeah, so, you know, if, if you're shotgun, you're farther away from the opposing defensive line. That's really interesting. I never thought of that before. But you can you can tell how long the coach is talking to the player, which is interesting, and there's a lot of over analysis of that too, right? I mean, of course, sure. it cuts off at 15 seconds, which in the XFL it doesn't, right? Right. You talk all the way through yeah. and through the play. Yeah. Which Very is interesting. Kind of interesting. I mean, I think they've done a lot to bring the viewers into the game, and totally. I think that's a great approach because you don't get that with the NFL, so you are offering something there that's different and unique. There. I, I think it's refreshing in the way that they're not taking themselves too seriously. And the NFL, I think, ever since they got popular enough to cement themselves as America's sport, have had the luxury of taking themselves way too seriously. They don't have to do any of the things that they had to do before in order to get a fan base. And but that but the but the weird part of that, the catch twenty two is that that's part of the reason we fell in love with it in the first place, right? Was the accessibility and getting to know everybody and, and these personalities and their strategies and all that stuff. The XFL it's just all wide open. It's all right out there. And I think if the NFL can learn anything from them, it's it's maybe not taking yourself as seriously as you do. And a step further than that, not being afraid to start reimagining some of these rules. Like the XFL kickoff does look weird, but I do think that you could make an argument that that is somewhat safer um, to have players initially collide from that close instead of running down full field. And, you know, it mirrors some of what the people who have won their the NFL's first and future competitions have proposed to make punts safer, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think I think that they could learn to be more flexible. And I think the NFL has admitted that, that they were had in casual interest in the Alliance of American Football. I think they have a casual interest in the XFL because at the end of the day, they're going to sit there and they're going to wait to see what we gravitate to as fans. And then they'll just adopt it into their own too. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an interesting. We'll we'll see if the interest keeps up after week one, but it was an interesting start for sure. Do you have a club? Do you have an XFL? I do don't. Clubs? I kind of I kind of like the Vipers. Oh, great mascot name. The, there are some good mascots: Vipers, Dragons. Mark Tressman had a great Vipers hat that I was kind of like. Oh, Oof. yeah, that's right up your alley. That's, I'll have to keep that in mind for a future Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> if if they're still around in December. Yeah, seriously, knock on wood. 
All right, news topic number five. Joel Sherman of the New York Post reported this week that Major League Baseball is tinkering with the idea of expanding the playoff field and, in a reality show twist, allowing the top-seeded teams in each each division to pick their own first-round opponent. What could be an NFL equivalent here? Are there any entertaining rule or format twists that the league should be on the lookout for? This is a great topic, Connor. Very creative. I like it. My response to it is entirely uncreative. I think the NFL doesn't need to do anything right. to draw interest, right? Baseball's got to get creative. They're, you know, losing in popularity, and so they've just got to try to get weird in kind of a, I mean. Do you is, like it? Picking um, your first round opponent? So I don't. here's why I don't like it, because I am the person that, like, if I have a decision to make and I choose – poorly then it's worse for me than if i had no control over something for sure it 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 went poorly right so if you get to pick and you you lose in the first round then it's just like double the pain that's why i love it though because yeah because i'm the same way as you right i would rather you know as long as things are out of my control it's great Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm too so happy but we have built these people up as the preeminent experts in our field and how they're these uh, genius executive magicians, then go prove it. Yeah. Go tell me who you want to face. Yeah, get the saber metrics on your future opponent. Yeah. Yeah. Stop hiring McKinsey consultants to help you cheat and win the World Series and start putting it all to work and pick your opponents. Get a little, you know. I do think if there, if it works for, like if this idea were floated in any sport, baseball is definitely the one. Yeah, and they're in the right, you know, I think one of the things you brought up a great point is like, I specifically criticize the NFL a lot for not being open-minded, but they don't have to be, right? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of what people are falling in love with, again, with baseball, and they're using the independent league especially to experiment with weird technological things and different aspects of the game is right because they have to. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's part of what's drawing it in. But, you know, I saw mostly negative reaction to um, what uh, Joel Sherman had reported yesterday and saying, oh, the commissioner's ruining the game. I don't think so. I think this is good. Uh, Why is it bad to have more teams in the playoffs? And why is it bad to add a little bit of theater? Because, oh, I just love the idea. Like, can you imagine if that was in the NFL and how angry Bill Belichick would be when he'd have to explain why he picked the the Titans over the, you know, it's like, well, they're both good teams and, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. But I would love that. God, that would be so great. And it it does add another element of you really – it's a truth serum as to what a team thinks about a potential exactly. point, that's, opponent. Yeah. It, that's it. Right? right. So you can't fake and pretend like Belichick spends the week talking up the opponent. Yes. But you you pick them because you think you have a better chance of beating them than the other team. So you don't think they're that good. And you have to say and it. You right? You say have it. to say it. It's, it is good theater. God. Yeah, that's great theater. Maybe that brings us back to a little bit of like what I was talking about, like the times when we, you know. The, the Bears are who they thought we were. You know, I, this team is sucks and we're going to beat them. And like, you know, give us a little bit of that because that's how you really feel on the inside. Just say it. Yeah, you just know? a little pizzazz. Yeah, and that would be the way to do it. I, I, I would really like that. I think that that rule should be adopted across all major sports. I, I, I that, had, that was never something that I'd heard proposed before. Never. It was yeah. totally out of the blue. Like I had a double take when I read the report. I actually really like it. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I would propose um on the nfl side but you know i think that there do, does need to be an l you know the reseeding i think is something yeah, that we reseeding. could we could look into i mean you and i don't don't talk to any jenny and i about any developments until we get sky judge 
Let's get Sky Judge well, and then let's talk about anything like, else. Let's yeah. just stop talking there because that's we'll get to that later. In the show. <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, good, good, good. First, we've got the Oracle. Um, After last week was a was a really um, a week to take account to atone for past sins, yeah. but we're we're starting fresh. <laughs> That was a great segment, by the way. Thank you that to was. Shelby for all yeah. the hard work for pulling all of those clips. That couldn't have been fun to go back and listen to me talk for. I half I an enjoyed hour. it. Yeah. I enjoyed it. <laughs> He's shaking his head. No, it wasn't fun. <laughs> um, so this is God. It's it's almost like the first first oracle of the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. New, new year, new me. Um, <laughs> and um, I think I kind of alluded to it at the top of the show with my Tom Brady pick. But I think my oracle is going to be the one person that I don't think we're talking about um, in the context of free agent chaos is potentially Derek Carr, right? I think that's a name that we should have in mind because, Mm -hmm. I I don't know, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. I think he's good. I think he's a very good quarterback that could bring a team to the playoffs as he did when the situation was right in Oakland. I don't know if John Gruden necessarily feels that way. Um, I think that if he is on the market, in some way, shape, or form. I think that changes a lot of teams' internal calculus if you need a quarterback. I like that. I think that's a really smart take because, yeah, the Raiders are continually mentioned in the Brady potential sweepstakes, and so then Carr would be on the move, and that relationship has been really scrutinized. I mean, we know that before last year's draft, they had that workout with Kyler Murray, Mm -hmm. and they brought Tim Brown along, and Gruden and company, they all were wearing these Oakland A's hats, you know, to kind of tease with Kyler a little bit, and Carr saw the workout on social media, and they never, of course, had a chance to pick him. But I don't think that was all smokescreen. No. Um, so, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that that relationship between Gruden and Carr, based on that, I mean, you can't, you can't bank on it. For sure. And this is, you know, it's just, it's sort of his M.O. When uh, John Gruden was with, you know, he's had his most success with veteran quarterbacks at the end of their career who can quickly digests his way of doing things right he won a super bowl i think with brad johnson um he had a lot of success with rich gannon in Mm -hmm. oakland um when he was in tampa bay i remember talking to jeff garcia about this you know there was a constant unease that he was going to go after brett Favre, and he did i mean you know i think rich samini wrote a great story um about the jets acquisition of brett Favre, and i think that entire buccaneers power structure was out in orlando drinking celebrating that they had acquired brett Favre, and they didn't you know um and i don't think you ever lose that as a coach, right? That preference, that initial like thing that you think you need to win. And I do think that there's a little bit of pressure to microwave this thing. You've already abandoned the lie that this is going to be a five-year rebuild. So what's next is getting somebody and making Derek Carr expendable. I don't know. I think that's smart, Connor. Good Oracle pick. <sighs> Maybe. We'll see. As we've, as we've known in the past, it's been, things have been a little bit rough. No, but... keep your confidence up. New year, new you, <laughs> as you said. And after a just a banger of a Ventus consensus last week, I, you're, you're already starting the year off um, on fire. I'm curious what you got for us this week. Well, that's the beauty of the Ventus consensus, Connor. You can't really grade them. Yeah. They're just things that we should all agree on in a, in a perfect <laughs> world. So It's how you feel. Uh, yeah, I've set myself up for success here. Um, this week's Ventus consensus, which you alluded to earlier, is... Now's the time for the sky jump. Yes, thank God. And be, you know, last year when the AFF launched, when we saw the transparency with the officiating process, and 
the idea of the sky judge really gained steam. And now we've got the XFL where not every there, there's no coaches challenge. Every play can be, you know, every play is looked at by the booth. Yeah. So this is this is going to happen, I think. Last I year it. the coaches wanted it. We it was this time of year when there was a lot of momentum for it. I remember between the combine and the owners' meetings, the coaches decided they really wanted the sky judge and they didn't take that step last year. Instead they left us with the challengeable pass interference, which I think we can all agree was a disaster. So Sky Judge. Time for Sky Judge. Oh, it's going to be so good. And really what's standing in the way is, I guess, there's the word that there's not enough quality people to operate right. Sky Judge, blah, blah, blah. And I guess the officials don't want to be trampled over. Mm-hmm. But my solution is jack up the pay a little bit, give them a couple extra bucks, and then if the... Alliance of American Football and the XFL can find quality people to be sky judges. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, know? that was the main argument against it, if I recall, was that it's the most important person of the crew in some ways because they're looking at everything and they're kind of like overseeing it so all. Steal some of the people from the best people from the field. Right. You know? Right. I'm sure there's a pipeline of quality officials, you know, and we've been looking at, you know, getting a better, more representative officiating crew anyway. Like, mm-hmm. isn't this an opportunity to, to solve two problems at once, you know? Yeah, and I do think last year, for them to make that change, because the momentum gathered quickly for it, perhaps it would have been a big hill to climb, but now they have a year to just think about how it would work, think about the logistics. I don't know, Connor. Again, the Brenda's consensus is how we should all feel and what should happen. So I think we all support the Sky Judge. I'm not really going out on a limb here. Brent is 2020. <laughs> Everyone in New Hampshire, think about writing in. That's all I'm saying. We're recording this on Tuesday, the day of the New Hampshire primary. So I don't want to mess things up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's you know true. there's a lot of potential for that. So um, The good news to end the show is mm-hmm. that uh, we did, uh, while the work never stops, the grind never stops here at the MMQB, uh, we were, we're off the road, so we got some time to catch up. You and I both took the weekend to catch up on The Bachelor, um, which I think we both thought was going to be a more enjoyable experience than it ended up being. Yes. Uh, it felt like I s- devoted, like, basically, I could have watched The Irishman twice on Netflix and... Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would have been any happier or not, but I, I just, I feel like this season is losing me. Yes. Um, very quickly, uh, we're, we're barreling towards the home visits and boy, I don't know. I think I'm just going to read what I put in the show notes and we'll kind of riff off of that, which is that Bachelor Pete is a weak man, uh, with no star power who cannot pilot his own reality. So good, Connor. Just (laughs) Just keeping with the theme of the season and (laughs) slipping in another pilot pun. You know, I don't know how we went from Hannah Brown last season, who was really unafraid to be herself, to speak her mind, to be open about often taboo topics on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, namely sex. She was unashamed. She was unabashed. She was she earned the the role because she was a strong woman. Yeah. And somehow we've flip to the other side of the spectrum here where he seems to be picking women who aren't good fits, women who don't challenge him. Um, I don't know. Connor, I don't more know how the, we ended more up More in here. the pageant category. Well, right? I, I know Hannah was in the pageants too, but, you know, but yes, a lot of, um, 
you know, a lot of younger um, women who sort of say the right things, right? right? Who, you know, make a list of reasons why they love him rather than actually having a substantive conversation. They send home Kelly, who's a smart attorney who like was kind of over the process, which any sane person her. would be, right? So we've really just, it's set us back 10 or 15 years. I mean, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette franchise lives in a time that is already <laughs> 25 30 years ago lack of diversity in terms of sexuality yeah. in terms of race yeah. you know uh, in terms of relationship you know s- there are no same sex couples so it's already living in the past but this year i just felt like it really has set us back and i'm not all that interested in the finale except for the twist which they have teased and which you told me you read a spoiler about, so we really can't discuss any further because you know too much and I don't know enough. Yeah, I think if that's the case, if the spoiler is true, it will bring me back for one more year because it shows that they're literally willing to do anything at this point and just blatantly destroy people's lives, you know, uh, in order to get people back. And as horrible as that is... Uh, <laughs> In a way, I mean, it's what well, you know what you're getting into when yeah. you sign up for this. Like, yeah. how many people are 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 coming in here really thinking that this is going to be you know love at first sight? No, yeah. they're already lining up their FabFitFun box promotions after. Oh, so good. So you know, it's hard to have too much sympathy. It was like, um, you know, I'm I'm going to get an eye roll here, but um, I I also watch Married at First Sight, which I've been trying to get you into for Did God, you? God, that was not even an intentional eye roll. It just happened. <laughs> it's reflexive whenever I it bring is it up. Reflexive, but you know, it's a show that you know you meet your spouse on your wedding day, and you're legally married, and then your whole journey is chronicled um, throughout that time. You're matched by a, a series of experts, and you fill out all these deep personality things. And and the one uh, woman on the show said. You know, I or I think the guy said, or and it was a woman. She was like, you know, I just thought I'd, I, he'd, he'd be a, more of a normal guy. And <laughs> well, you signed up for a show where you're going to marry the person the first second you see him. How many normal I'm people just... do you think are walking down the aisle at that point? You know, right, right. it takes an element of I don't know. Yeah, and that's the same thing with the Bachelor. It's like I don't know. Are any of you walking in here thinking like this is I'm going to get the right amount of time with you to make this important life decision? Yeah, and of the remaining four, Madison seems to be the least drama filled, like the most sane. But you know, she mentions which she's made a, a decision in her faith. It sounds like to save herself until marriage. Totally fine. Great that she's so convicted. But she's going on the show to date a guy that is basically The Bachelor because of the windmill situation. That's right. Um, because of, you know, the description of the activities that took place <laughs> in the windmill. So I just don't know how this is a great match. I I don't either. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I think we can both. This is like a double Frentis consensus at the end of the episode. The list of why the reasons why I love you that were read at the end of that episode might have, and this is only the second season that I've ever watched was the worst moment that I have ever seen on the show in terms of like just the, the sadness that I felt for the woman having to read that. Um, just the whole, like I just felt bad for her and just for, for people in general. <laughs> Do you think that teams wooing Tom Brady might come up with oh. a list? You know, maybe they'll sit on a bench and read reasons why I love you. Tom gets off uh, the airplane at the Las Vegas airport and John Gruden says, Tom, you want to sit over here for a second? I got a list. I got a list. I, got I a wrote list it on it. It folds it. Uh, you know, it's just, you're a great quarterback. 
You can throw down. Oh my God, that'd be so good. Oh man, we got to save it next week oh, for the pitches. Yeah, save it for the pod. A, a, nice, a nice tease for next week's episode. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. The MMQB Weekside Podcast is me, Jenny Vrentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is director of editorial projects and product. Mark Moravik is emeritus executive director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo play hey guys back at the playground again huh yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck yeah and some waves so we could go surfing oh (laughs) Ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in ah ski slopes let's do it um can a girl go shopping wait did we just invent california Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.